You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey guys, Harrison here. Before we jump in, I just want to surprise Mo. It is going to be her birthday soon. So if you're listening to this today, the day that it's released, her birthday's tomorrow. If you're listening to this on the 24th, it is her birthday. So go ahead and if you could, please go on Instagram and make her a story, tag us in it, say happy birthday, Mo, whatever it is you want to say, but she would love that and would be so surprised and, uh, The funny thing is, she listens to these episodes, but I usually edit them, and so she doesn't usually hear them until maybe a few days later or a week or two later, so this will be really funny. She's probably not going to hear this. If she does, it blows the surprise, but all right, guys, thanks a lot. Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode... We talked to the fun and spirited marathoner, artist, and influencer, Cynthia Wheeler, about how to stay motivated and how to run effectively in the snow. And stick around to the very end for a really exciting giveaway. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 14 of... The Marathon Training for Beginners Podcast by the Crummy Marathoners. Hello, everyone. Happy end of February can't believe it's already coming to an end it's crazy i mean you would think the month of love that we would be full with all of these plans of happiness and joy but we received the saddest news our race was canceled the rock and roll nashville race was canceled obviously due to understandable reasons as covid um but we made a new plan and we're making lemonade out of lemons that's right we are going to be running in the revel I think it's Wasatchet. Wasatch. Wasa- <laughs> we don't know how to say it. Wasa- Wasa- it's in Utah. Um, yeah. So sorry, Utahns, if I mispronounce this. But anyway, we're going to be running the Rebel Wasatchet <laughs> through the beautiful Utah mountains on April 30th. Yes, we're super excited. We tried to find a race that was as close to the Rock and Roll Nashville race. And that one happened to be pretty close. It's April 30th. And our other one was supposed to be April 24th. So it ends up uh, working out. We're really excited. It's actually a downhill race. So we'll talk more about it as it gets closer. Um, if anyone out there wants to go do a race, please sign up. Come join us. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we're excited. I'm a little nervous about the elevation, but more excited than nervous. Right, right, right. And speaking of nervous, I've got oh, yeah. a little bit of nerves going here because, because I've got an injury, guys. My knee has been really crushing me. Um, I've been seeing my physical therapist, talking to my coach a lot. And so these last couple of weeks, I've really been backing off my training 
Um, this really came from, I, I did a 19 mile run with my friend. He, Which is amazing. Well, he decided to do a, because his race got canceled, he decided to do a virtual full. And he's like, hey, come do it with me. So I checked in with my coach and he's like, no, it's not part of your plan. You're, you're going to risk injury. Anyways, long story short, I ran it. Uh, as much as I as he let me, which is about eighteen to twenty miles, but I ran at like full on marathon pace, and so um, I think I just overdid it, and uh, I've been kind of uh, facing the consequences of that. But that's part of marathon training, you guys. So I've been taking the last couple of weeks off and uh, really working on cross training. I read a study this week; it, it came out from the European Journal of Sports Science. I shouldn't say I read the study; I read the recap of the study in Runner's World, and. Something interesting, they found that in a two-week period, they studied these these 15 uh, endurance athletes. They found that muscle mass didn't really deteriorate, but VO2 max did. So mm-hmm. not to get too technical, but you can all go and, and search that article out. But what was interesting is as long as you're keeping your heart rate up in, in a one or two-week time period where you're really trying to recover from, from an injury, then your negative results in your training are going to be very minimal, which is fantastic news. So I've really been focusing on cross-training, some cycling, some elliptical, that kind of stuff, just lower impact. So that way uh, I can let my knee recover. Nice. See, evidence-based coming marathoners. <laughs> That's right. Um, I also want to tell you guys that there is a really cool calculator that Mo and I learned about this week, and we're going to put it in the show notes. And this is to calculate what your various training paces should be. And I'm bringing this up right now because... It's, it's dawned on me in, through my training these last few weeks that my easy runs are not easy enough, and sometimes my hard runs are too long. And so it's really cool. This calculator will literally tell you what each training day, based on if it's supposed to be at tempo pace or easy pace or race pace, etc., it will tell you what that pace is. So super exciting. We'll put that link to the calculator in the show notes. Mm-hmm. You guys, I just have to tell you all. I'm pretty tired. <laughs> um, so I am, I apologize if I'm not as peppy, but I am, I'm feeling it tonight. And speaking of feeling it, when you feel an injury, it's no joke. Okay. Harrison just explained it. We all have been through it in one way, shape or form, but really they're just no joke and they can come in acute form or in chronic form. And it, was pretty awesome that we received this voice memo um, from Allison Saunders from England because she talks about a chronic injury that she is fighting through to train for her first marathon. And it's just super awesome. So here's Allison. Hi, my name is Allison, and I'm currently training to run my first marathon. But I have a problem with my spine and my hips. Um, the diagnosis process is still ongoing but it is a condition that I'm going to have to live with for the rest of my life. It's just manageable. It's not curable. Um, It means that some days I have a lot of pain. Some days I don't. I do have to wear a brace, but I don't wear it all day, every day. I don't want to lose my core strength. And um, the doctor said that I can carry on running. Um, I was actually told when I had one of my MRIs that it was my running, or well, not necessarily my running, but the fact that I was so active that I had not suffered so badly um, in terms of pain or restrictive movement. Um, it does mean that it takes longer for me to be able to increase the distances I can run, which is why I'm giving myself almost 10 months to train for a marathon. At the moment, I'm comfortably running up to six miles some days that I can't. Uh, again, it, it all depends on my pain. Um, but I I had a cry when I got the diagnosis, but I was determined to not let this thing beat me. And I set myself a goal of running the marathon. And I've just, I found that running's become almost my therapy. It's the one time I actually probably feel the most comfortable because all my joints are warm and everything's moving, and I don't think, I just do. As Rhonda said in an earlier episode, if you picture something in your head, you can achieve it. And that's kind of how I've managed to keep going. Thanks, Allison, for sharing that. That was really deep, and, and we're, we're just really honored that you would feel comfortable enough to share that with uh, all of the listeners and, and to open up and share your journey. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And we know that you're going to crush your goals despite your challenges and your setbacks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You go, girl. (laughs) All right. So, hey, guys, we have a giveaway this week, but this is a big but. Uh, We are not going to tell you what it is because we're going to hold it till the very end after our interview today. You're going to love the interview. And once that interview is complete, then you'll hear what the uh, details are of the giveaway. But first, we need to announce the winner of last week's giveaway, the $25 Roadrunner Sports gift card. And the winner is, drumroll, all right, it's Liz Krasno. Hope I said your name right. (laughs) Go, Liz. Thanks so much for participating. Thanks, Liz. And congratulations. Congrats. Thanks to everyone else who participated. We're really grateful and excited that you guys can get your hands on some awesome goodies. That's right. Yeah, Roadrunner's super cool. You guys, you can get any running gear there, especially running shoes. So, And they, it is our go-to. Yeah. So Liz, send us an email or a note on Instagram, and we will send you an email version of your gift card. So as a continuation of our last episode on nutrition, we really wanted to dive deeper into fueling while running. So here is a clip from Holly Samuel, a registered dietitian, with some really specific fueling tips. So you'll really want to pay attention. Here she is. Hey runners, my name is Holly Samuel and I'm a registered dietitian and personal trainer. And I am here to give you guys a quick nutrition tip if your long runs are starting to get kind of long and you're wondering at what point you need to start bringing fuel with you on the run to train for your first half or full marathon. So once your runs are lasting longer than an hour to 75 minutes, so you know, you're at least running for an hour to 75 minutes or longer, that's when you need to start bringing fuel with you on the run. Now, it doesn't matter how much distance you cover in that period of time. It just matters that the time on your feet, no matter how fast or slow you're going, is at least an hour or longer. And at that point, you need to start fueling with 30 to 60 grams of carbohydrates every hour. Now, that doesn't mean to just pound a bunch of carbohydrates at the hour point. What that means is that we need to get that within the hour and a good way to do it so that you tolerate it properly and you don't have any gut or GI distress is to take in 15 to 30 grams of carbohydrates every 30 to 45 minutes or so. So within the first 30 minutes, you know, you kind of start there and then you add another 30 to 45 minutes to that. And that would be your second fueling point and so on and so forth throughout the race. Now, if you're wondering, well, what does 15 to 30 grams of carbohydrates look like in terms of food? Now, that could be one gel. So whether it's coming from goo or honey stinger, Huma gel, spring energy, Morton, or like hammer nutrition, most of those have between 15 and 30 grams of carbohydrate per gel. So that would be appropriate. You could also do um, anything like cliff blocks or shot blocks or the honey stinger chews. Those packets tend to have the same amount of carbohydrate. Or you could do something like half a banana, one clementine, three dates. Those would all also be equivalent. Or 11 Sour Patch Kids or Swedish Fitch, which is my personal favorite way to fuel it when it seems not too appetizing to take something in on the run. So we want to be you know, fueling every 30 to 45 minutes with 15 to 30 grams of carbohydrates once our long runs are over an hour long by at least... 15 minutes. And we want to be taking that fuel with a couple sips of water too. So you don't have like a sugar pit sitting in your stomach. So I hope that helps clarify at what point you need to start fueling your long runs. If you want more nutrition tips like these, you can follow me over at fit cookie nutrition on Instagram or Facebook, or you can visit my website fitcookienutrition.com, where I share all things nutrition for runners. Happy running. Thanks, Holly. Awesome note. Thank you so much for sharing. Everybody go follow Holly on Instagram and everywhere else. Yes. Thank you so much, Holly. Okay, everyone. We are so excited for you to hear this interview with Cynthia Wheeler. She is so fun and talented, and especially when it comes to social media, graphic work, and of course, running. She's pretty much superwoman. Yeah, she is amazing, as are all of the guests, of course, that we've had on the show. But I just have to say, since recording this episode... Uh, one thing that has changed is that Mo and I got sucked back into TikTok. Mm-hmm. So you'll see this is uh, one of those things that we talked about. Anyways, I'll save it for the interview. You'll hear 
um, about my TikTok drama, but uh, we really miss the people that are on TikTok, and so we finally re-downloaded it, and we're back. Another thing that's changed since this interview is, as Mo mentioned, the Nashville Marathon is canceled. So when we recorded this, when we were talking to Cynthia, we were talking about that marathon. So um, just a, a couple of heads ups for this uh, interview. Yeah, and one thing we talked about was running in the cold, and that's something Harris and I really don't have experience with. I mean, we lived in Massachusetts for just about five years, uh, but we we weren't crummy marathoners at that point. So we were really so glad to hear Cynthia's advice, um, given her runs in the freezing cold Chicago. Yeah, and speaking of cold, our hearts go out to everyone out in Texas and the surrounding areas who recently had to deal with such unprecedented weather storms. I mean, it just was totally uh, just a tragic, sad situation to see everybody in that. So we hope you're all okay and safe and warm and back to normal. And this is a little fun fact. Texas is the state where we have the most listeners. Yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in. Texans, Texas strong. We love you guys and we're here for you. That's right. So we hope that this interview brings some light and joy to your day. Here is Cynthia J. Wheeler. So you're from Chicago. No, you're not from Chicago. You're from a small, small town is what you were telling me. Is that right? Yes. I grew up on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Well, that's uh, it's not every day you meet someone who grew up in, in a, on a farm in the middle of nowhere. Yes. I, I guess you could say my running journey started downstate running around. I used to run the perimeter of our field when I was little. Okay. So chasing chickens or, or what? No, just the perimeter of the, we had, we had cows and we had horses. We had everything. I was like a little 4-H kid. So my parents just yeah. got whatever animal I wanted to show. Um, but we had fields. So I would run around the fields, the perimeter of the fields, because I wasn't allowed to cross any roads. So my parents were like, yeah, just stay, stay in the field. <laughs> yeah. What state was that in? <laughs> that was downstate Illinois. Okay. Okay. So you've been in Illinois pretty much your whole life? Yes. Awesome. So you kind of ran as a kid around the fields and then at some point you moved to Chicago. So um, tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, I, I took the long road to get to Chicago. I, um, I went to college at Colorado State, and I played tennis in college. Uh, then I transferred to University of Georgia. And through the tennis years, um, running was something I did just to keep in shape. Sure. So running wasn't, wasn't the main, main event. It was always tennis. Yeah. Um, but then... Uh, you know, sometime in my college career, I figured out that I was not going to be a professional tennis player. Those were dark days. Um, <laughs> so I what figured gave it I, away? Well, you know, I honestly, I was at University of Georgia. It was the Kenny Rogers Stadium. Kenny Rogers had spent all kinds of money for University of Georgia to have this amazing tennis facility. Uh-huh. And I remember sitting in the tennis facility watching, and I'll never come up with this guy's name, but it was a gentleman who used to play for University of Georgia. And he was in the French Open. And we were oh, all okay. watching and it was like, oh my God. And I realized this is never gonna like this is never gonna be me. Like that, sure. I'm not going there, you know? <laughs> I'm not going the distance. So I picked a major and I ended up in Chicago for that major. Like I picked a college that was good at what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I and I came to the big city. Um gotcha. and I quit playing tennis altogether. Just like that. Yeah, well, tennis is a hard sport to play in the city. Um, you have to belong to a club. You have to know people who play. You have to pay for court time. Like, it's very easy in the middle of nowhere. But when right. you're up here in the city, it's it's it becomes a different story. So sure, sure. I got lazy when I moved up here. What school was that in Chicago? Uh, I got two degrees. I I got two design degrees. One from the Columbia College. Uh, okay. which I loved. It was like the fame school. I don't know if you remember fame. I'm aging myself uh-uh. now. Oh no. my God. It was like this show that I loved when I was a kid. You want fame, fame costs. And right here's where you start paying in sweat. Now I sound That's like a crazy funny. person. Um, <laughs> it was a show about uh, arts kids in the big city pursuing okay. their dreams. This school was like that. Yeah. I'm sure someone listening will know what that means. Oh, what people that will know that, yes, I hope, or else I'm just the oldest person on the planet. Anyways, no. um, so I went to Columbia College, absolutely loved it, got my fine arts degree, and then 
I took a sidetrack and ended up trading stocks for 15 years. Really? And then I went back to school and got a second arts degree. And now I'm a graphic designer and a web designer. Okay. So before we jump into any running, I, I, I've got to dive more into this because this is fascinating. So you were trading stocks. What, what were you working for? Like a hedge fund? No, I was working on the floor. I was what is called a specialist. Okay. And that is a job where we had a, the Chicago Stock Exchange floor here, but we traded off of markets that were being made on the New York Stock Exchange floor. Okay. So um, I was a specialist, which meant I maintained a book of stocks. So gotcha. I would make a bid and an ask, and anybody who wanted to buy, I'd tell them what my sell price is, and anybody that wanted to sell, I'd tell them what my buy price was. And so I made money off the spread. Does that make sense? So the difference, <laughs> right? It's uh, yeah, it's the difference, and yeah. uh, I, I I did that for fifteen years. Um, I I took many trips to the New York Stock Exchange floor. It was sure. It was a a game where women were not prevalent. I was going to say, you you had to have been one of the only ones. One of the only ones, yeah. And every once in a while, it it reminds me of that scene. uh, What was that baseball movie that Madonna did with Rosie O'Donnell? Are you aging yourself again? I am. Where Tom (laughs) Hanks says, there's no crying in baseball. There was one time where where a a specialist, a trader was yelling at me and I I just, I was going to cry. I could feel it coming and I had to I was like, I got to get to the bathroom because there's no crying in trading. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's fascinating. So you um, started with art and graphic design. You went to, to do kind of, you went to the business world and did stocks and then you, you refound your passion. Is that right? Yes. Finally made it to the arts arena. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did you uh, work up the courage to make that move? I mean, that, that t- that's telling of, of who you are. Um, you know, I just, I had been there for 15 years. I did not love it. And I could tell people always used to say on the floor, you know, when it's over. And I always thought, well, you're nuts. You know what I mean? Like we're down here, you know, buying and selling and making money and it's exciting and it's all the things, but burnout is real. Yeah. Um, and you don't know until it's in front of you. And I just, I was done. I knew yeah. I was done and I don't miss it. I never missed it. You know? Got it. So, so you, you did, you burnt out, you went back to school, got another yes. arts degree. Where did running fall into all of this? Did, did, so you were running a little bit to get in better shape for tennis, but then you gave up tennis. So then did you immediately start running? No, I did not. Um, I would call, I would say, I don't, for, uh, I was going to say the word lazy, but I don't like the word lazy because it's not a fair word. <laughs> I was going to call myself lazy. Yeah. But it's not that I was lazy. It's that I wasn't doing anything. You know what I mean? Okay. And it yeah. was just because I didn't know any better. Um, and at the time, I had a boyfriend and he took me to – because I remember when I started running, he took me to a company picnic of his. Okay. And we were playing a softball game, which I'm terrible at softball, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Um, and I ran to first base and by the time I got to second base and third base, I was so winded and I thought, good Lord, like what has happened to me? Like, how can I not run bases? You know? Sure. So I started running that following week and it was so hard. Like I would run one block and then I would walk a block. Do you know what I mean? Like I'd run to a light post and then walk to the next light post. And I remember walking very slowly because I didn't want to get to that next light post where I was going to have to run because yeah. I didn't want to. Right. But I just right. strung them together. You know what I mean? So you kind of did, you started with intervals. You would do Absolutely. a run and then you'd walk for a bit. But can you tell me about like, because there's going to be people listening who are in the exact same boat. Like what was that feeling? If you can remember, like was your chest tightening up? Like you can't breathe? Were your muscles hurting? Can you describe I, that a little bit? I Yeah, it... Uh, my legs didn't want to go. Like I, sure. my legs felt like cement, you know what yeah. I mean? And, but it yeah. wasn't like my feet. It was like my, my quads, you know, sure. it was like, I didn't want to pump things, you know, yeah. like yeah. pump my legs, pump my arms. And also I would feel like, I would feel like I couldn't, it's not that I couldn't catch my breath. It was that I couldn't find my breath, if that yeah. makes any sense. Like I felt like my lungs were smaller than they were supposed to be. Absolutely. That's how I felt. It, it totally does. I think we've all started at, at some point. Well, I can't say that because there are people who have been athletes kind of since they were kids and then they've never really stopped. But I think a lot of adults, we get into our careers, we move to a new city, you know, we put a priority on our social game, on our 
career and and these other aspects of life and we stop caring about our physical fitness. And so I'm I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to that. I I know I I can for sure. Um, Yeah, that is absolutely where I was. I had placed a priority on my social life and a priority on my business life. And I didn't give one thought to my health, you know, how my physical self. Sure. Um, And getting back into that was not easy. Yeah. So what then was your motivation? So, I mean, if, if running is hard and think of how many people out there don't run because it's hard or quote unquote, I'm not a runner or I don't like running because it's, it's just not for me. I'm not good at it. Right. You hear that all the time. What was it for you that was like, I, I better keep doing this. Was it just the fact that you were so winded you had to prove it to yourself? No, not at all. And actually, it's funny that you say people would think they're not good enough because when you said that, I still don't think I'm a good runner. You know what I mean? And I've been doing it forever and I still don't think I'm a good, like I don't think of myself as a good runner. I don't know what that means. (laughs) I I suppose there's a lot to unpack with that statement. Um, One thing about running for me is that it's such an, it's such a great thing to do. The city of Chicago was made for runners. Like, I don't know if you've ever been here, but Chicago is the perfect city for running. It's flat. There's all kinds of running paths. It's beautiful. Like you can, you can run anywhere. Um, and so it was so accessible to me, I think is why I kept at it. Um, everything else was not accessible to me because of either time constraints or membership fees or, you know, having to drive somewhere like nothing else was easy, but this, and when I say easy, I mean, convenient running was always convenient. That makes a lot of sense. So, so tell me a little bit about the city of Chicago. So, just to give you a, a point of reference, I spent a lot of time in Boston, and of course, the Boston Marathon, and and uh, you know, everybody there is a seems to be a runner, or at least it feels that way. You see runners all over the place. Is it, is Chicago the same way? One hundred percent the same way. I live in a neighborhood called Lincoln Park, which is just north of the the metropolitan area. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of Boston. I've been to Boston a few times and I really like that city. And sure. Chicago is exactly the same way. I can look out my window right now and see a runner. There's runners all the time, day and night, all over the place. That's awesome. Uh, and the Chicago Marathon is very similar to Boston in that it, the whole city shows up for it. Like, yeah, it is 40,000 runners strong and you never are alone on that course. Like, That's amazing. The whole city shows up all through the course to cheer runners on. Well, 40,000 is hard to picture. I've, I've never been to uh, a big major race. I've just been to some of the smaller ones. What, what advice do you have for people who live in, let's say, a remote area where they don't see runners? Or maybe they live in a city like me. I live in Phoenix, and you don't really see a lot of runners because in the summertime, it, it's so hot. Um, and, and so I'm sure there are people out there listening, and they're like, you know, I really can't relate to that because where I live, there's just no runners. Um, I tell you, even though... There's runners everywhere. I don't run with a group, but I used to when I was when I didn't have kids and a family and all the things that <laughs> that you grow up yeah. and end up having. Um, sure. But I would say there's a couple things that you could do. One is uh, look for your local runners running store, and okay. even if even if there's if you don't want to join a running group, I think it's great to join like a a Facebook running group or some sort of a virtual running group where you can talk to other runners. Like my Instagram feed and even my TikTok feed, I love talking to other runners and they're from all over the place, but you don't have to connect in person during the run Mm -hmm. in order to build your running community. And the running community on the, on the, in the digital world is fantastic. Like, I love it. it. It's amazing. And actually that's how I found you. Um, and I think, I think we, I either found you through TikTok or Instagram. I I, I don't remember. I but feel like I turned, I tuned into a live you were doing and you were doing interval training on a track. Oh yes. And I That's wanted right. to see what you were doing. Cause I was trying to figure out how runners were using lives. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I don't know how, I don't know if I followed you or how your live got served up to me, but yeah. I was like, I'm totally watching. I'm all in, all in so on this. So funny. You know, TikTok's like amazing because they figure out how to tap into like the exact person who wants to see the exact thing. Exactly. Um, 
But the thing is I had to, I, I've said this before on the podcast, but I've had to delete my TikTok app because I just feel like I spend too much time on it. Yeah. I, I think you me. mentioned that to me and I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh man, I can't do that. I'm addicted. Yeah. Well, so, so I, I'm sorry. I just have to apologize for my, I'm sure my live video was completely like um, hard to watch <laughs> because no, I was No, it was fantastic. I really like, and it's funny because I've since then done some live running videos. Oh, cool. And I don't have any idea if people enjoy them or just think, well, you're crazy. You know what I mean? Right. I felt the same way. Well, it was like between you and maybe one or two other people popping on. And it was just like, okay, I was running, doing an interval uh, training around the track. And that's awesome. Well, um, let's talk then a little bit about social media because you are the real deal, a real life influencer. You have (laughs) over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and I haven't looked at your TikTok because I deleted the app, but, um, (laughs) I'm sure you have a lot of followers there as well. How did that get started? I mean, can you can can you share a little bit about did you just wake up one day and say, "You know what? I'm going to be a a running Instagrammer?" Oh, absolutely absolutely not. No. Like I don't know, I don't remember why or how I started Instagram. I just know, you know, it was one of the apps that came along and I tried it. But sure. I I had no idea what I was doing, but I was running and I was just documenting my runs. I was using it as a running journal. And we had a winter where it was the coldest, snowiest, frozenest winter I can remember in Chicago. And I am a crazy person because (laughs) I look at that as mother nature throwing down. And I'm like, I will take that challenge. So I go out no matter how cold it is. I, I, I go out. So I was going out on these days and the, the lake, what had happened to the lakefront was it would snow, it would go sub zero, the, the water would wash up and it would freeze and then it would snow again. And so we had these piles of frozen snow all over the lakefront. Yeah. And it looked like, it looked like that star Wars planet where the tauntauns were, where (laughs) everything was cold and frozen. And it was crazy. And I was taking pictures and everybody's like, you're nuts. Yeah. But the North Face reached out to me. Wow. I don't know how they found me, but they said, hey, would you be an ambassador? And I mean, I didn't even know what an ambassador was, but I knew my answer was yes, because <laughs> right, right. North Face. Yeah. Um, and so they had reached out to a group of people and they were just giving us like, so they would send us duffel bags of North Face stuff to test out, which was amazing. Sure. Yeah. And then they'd highlight us. Stuff. Yeah, it was fabulous stuff. They make really great running gear and really great like all-terrain weather gear. Um, So we were testing stuff out. I was testing stuff out. And we got to go to events. We got, you know, highlighted on other feeds. And that was where I thought, wait a minute, this is something. You know what I mean? This this is not just a running journal. So that was kind of how the whole feed got started. But I, it, it was dumb luck. Like it was nothing I tried to plan by any means. Sure. And that's the thing. I think there's a lot of people out there who want to be influencers and they're trying and nothing clicks, but people like you, it just like, it was the opposite. You weren't even trying for it. And then it just happened. And then you said, you know what? There's something to this. I'm going to double down on it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and so now you probably have gained other sponsors and um, how's that going for you? Is that kind of your full-time gig or do you oh, do God, other no. stuff still? No, I... <laughs> I, I've, I'm one of those people that has, I feel like you have to have a couple streams of income. It's all about like sure. multiple streams of income. Um, for me, at least I do, I do social media for a couple of clients. I do graphic and web design for a couple of clients. Like I have buckets of work that I do. And yeah. then one bucket is, um, influencer, like Instagram and influencer, um, right. I've done a couple TikTok gigs actually, which has been kind of shocking because TikTok yeah. was just this mistake I made while while I was um, in, when quarantine started. Like I yeah. I didn't know what it was, but we were all stuck in our houses, so um, I tried it. But anyways, um, the influencer game was great pre pandemic, and then everybody stopped doing those kind of gigs during the pandemic because nobody really knew, you know, what can you show? What can you do? You know what I mean? If you're outside, are you wearing a mask? Like, but now I feel like it's coming back because people are starting to find their footage. Gotcha. Wow. So, um, I'm, I'm just curious and and this is probably the wrong platform to, to talk about this. It's a running podcast, but I'm just curious, you know, what would it take for someone who wants to be 
an influencer? How many followers would someone need? Or does followers not matter? Like what's the magic number to get to, to then, you know, start to make a legitimate income from, from uh, social media? Um, I wouldn't say it's a magic number. Um, I would say one thing you have to do is just be authentic. And I know that sounds like cliche, but what I mean by that is talk to other people, like talk to the people, whatever it is that you're interested in. Because one thing that my feed started with was passion. I was passionate about it. I was passionate about running and I was passionate about the city of Chicago. And I still am. Like if you look at my feed, that will come through. You know that I love to run and you know that I love Chicago. And I talk to everyone who is on my feed. And that, I think, is what brands are looking for more than anything else, is someone who's connecting with their audience. Sure. And so if you have 1,000 followers, 5,000 followers, whatever the number is that you have, are they engaging with you? Are you engaging with them? That's what matters. Well, that's a great point because there's there's so many people out there who have, I don't want to call them fake followers, but, you know, just... They've, they've gone out and have figured out a way to get a bunch of followers, but there's no engagement there. So yeah, yeah it's definitely come through. And, and let's actually take this opportunity since we're talking about it. What's your Instagram handle so people listening can follow you? Yeah, I am Cynthia J. Wheeler everywhere. So I'm on Instagram as Cynthia J. Wheeler. TikTok is Cynthia J. Wheeler. I just started my Pinterest feed today as Cynthia nice. J. Wheeler. So there you go. Um, yeah, I'm Cynthia J. Wheeler everywhere. And everywhere. Yeah. Do you do Twitter? I do. I'm Cynthia J. Wheeler on Twitter, but I don't really do Twitter. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know what it is about Twitter that I can't find a passion for it, and I never sure. have. So, I'm, I'm the same way. I've never, I've never even tried it, really. Yeah, so. I have that feed. Like, I park, <laughs> I park my name everywhere I go, but that doesn't mean I use the channel. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Would you say Instagram is kind of your primary? Um, I would say right now, Instagram and TikTok are duking it out for my attention. Okay. Yeah. Be careful. TikTok will take over. Oh man, you're telling me. <laughs> so I want to go back real quick and talk about uh, running in the, in the winter time because m- my wife and I, we live in, um, the Phoenix area. So oh, yeah, that's right. We have felt that this is something we wanted to talk about on the podcast for a long time. And I'm kind of bummed out that I'm just now talking to you because winter's, I don't want to say almost over, but it's kind of like on the latter half. And so um, can you give a few tips for running in cold? So like if it's 30 degrees and, and up, I feel like that's something that we could give advice on, but we, we literally don't know what it's like to run in anything colder than that. And so you, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you go out and you run regardless. It doesn't matter what the weather looks like. It, it could be a, a, a snowstorm, a blizzard. So can you give a few tips about running in the cold? Yeah. Um, I, 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 the coldest I've ever run, I, I think it was either last year or the year before we had a day where it was 50 below with the wind chill. And I was like, I'm doing it. And my husband's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, yes, I am. (laughs) Um, so I did, I only went two miles. I got to the lakefront and I thought this is probably really dangerous. And I turned around and ran home, but I did it. Was there Um, anybody else out there? Yeah. Uh, there were a couple people out there and we all looked at each other like we were crazy and we all went (laughs) our separate ways, but yes, there are other people that are like me and they're crazy. But, um, the, the key, there's a couple things like you have to layer up. Like I wear when it's zero, when it's under 20, um, I start thinking about, I can't just wear a regular pair of leggings. Like I got to go with a thermal pair of leggings or, um, you know, something that's got some fleece inside. Sure. Um, the other thing is, is that you have to, I've got, and it uh, actually it's from the North face and I got it before I was in, uh, an an ambassador for them. It's, it's an, it's a ski, um, shirt, but I wear the wool long sleeve as the base layer. And then I wear, it's a windbreaker pullover. Okay. And then I wear my jacket over that. Windbreaker is key in the cold. So oh, okay. you want your outer layer to be windbreaker and waterproof if you can, because sometimes you're in the snow gotcha. um, and you don't want to get wet. So you don't want anything cotton because that's going to absorb and you want everything that's going to wick the sweat off of your, off of your base layer. Huh. Would you say it's just a matter of trial and error then? Um, the, here's the thing, the thing to keep in mind is cause w- what else happens a lot with winter running is you overdress. 
Okay. So you want to dress for 10 to 20 degrees warmer than it actually is, because once you get going, that's where you're going to get to. Sure. So um, like if it's 40 degrees, I don't think too much about what I'm going to wear because I know I'm going to warm up. And right. if it's 20 degrees, it's when it's below 20 is where I start really thinking about what what kind of layers I have to wear yeah. to stay warm. I also have to pay attention. I don't know about other runners, but I have um, I have really skinny fingers and they get cold very easily. So I have to pay okay. attention to the gloves that I wear. Sure. Because my hands freeze. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Now, what about shoes though? Because I would think that there's ice and I would think that there's snow on the ground you can't just wear regular shoes, can you? No. Well, here's the thing. Um, I, being in the city, I have a little bit different set of circumstances than winter runners who do trail running or run places where it's not plowed. Chicago's right. really good at plowing. So I'm hit or miss on snow, which makes it hard. They have these things. I know one brand is called Yak Tracks, but it's like a, it's like a rubber cleat almost that you pull over your shoe. Huh. And it's got little, um, what do you call them? They're little metal, almost like screws or tacks in them yeah. at the bottom. And okay. it helps you grip in the ice and snow. Um, I can't wear them in the city, though, because like I'll go every other block where they've plowed their block. So I can't oh, okay. be on a plowed sidewalk with the yak tracks. But on the trail, it's really good. Uh, the other thing I look for is a waterproof shoe because okay. in the wintertime when it's snowy, my feet get wet all the time. So if I yeah. don't go out in like a good trail shoe that's waterproof, I'm going to come home with frozen wet feet. So do you recommend a certain brand or um, does every um, shoe brand make a waterproof no, shoe? No, every shoe brand does not. I would look for folks who do hiking stuff. Gotcha. North Face does a good one. I ran in the North Face trail shoe for a while. And uh, I think Merrill has like a trail running waterproof shoe. But, okay. but not every running shoe does a trail shoe that's waterproof. The other, another tip that I've seen is I've seen runners who cut like a, like a big triangle out of duct tape and they duct tape the toes of their feet, the the, the toes of their shoe, and that'll waterproof the toe. So your toe box doesn't get um, wet. So that's a little runner trick too. Yeah. It's it's a foreign world, but we appreciate the, the, the tips. So, so let's, let's talk a little bit about your quote unquote running career. So you started running and then were you like, Hey, I'm, I'm actually, I've got a knack for this. And, and did you start to build up in race distances or did you get brave one day and just commit to the full? How did that go? I committed to the full marathon on my 30th birthday. I said, I'm going to run a marathon on my 30th birthday. And I had run, I'd run five K's, I'd run 10 K's, but I'd never done any other distance besides that. Cause we've got a bunch of great races in Chicago. Like there's the Bastille day, five K and the zoo does a five K and there's all kinds of great races. But I said, I'm going to do Chicago when I turn 30 and I had no idea what I was doing and I had no idea how to train and I did it by myself and it was it was extremely hard (laughs) to, to say the least. And, and I, you know, I, I finished and I, I remember just being so sore, but it's, it's a feeling like you cross the finish line and you both want to die and want to do it again immediately. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes sense to you or not, but it was like, that was when I was hooked. Okay. So that moment you crossed the, you crossed the finish line. Yeah. I was like, I'm doing this again because it's like, it's the whole, you, it gives it gives you purpose the whole summer, right? Like I would get up on Saturday mornings and do my distance run. And, you know, you were training all through the summer. And so you just, you build up to this race that you run. And then, then at the finish line, it's like, it's over, you know? And you're like, well, now what am I training for? You know? Right. right. So when you did that, what was your first race? That was the Chicago marathon. Oh, that's amazing. And and is it hard to get into? Uh, Now it is, it's, I think now it's a lottery. When I okay. first did it, it was not hard, but now you have to just put your name in and it's a lottery. Wow. Um, and, and it, it, it still is, in my opinion, a great starter marathon for anyone because the, the race coordinators, they really do a great job. The course is fantastic. Chicago is very flat, so you're not going to get any hills or anything crazy. Yeah. And you're never alone. You will always have someone cheering you on. That's amazing. 
So what about though, so it's a lottery system, but let's say you have a buddy, a running buddy, and you want them to run the marathon with you and you both put your names in, but of course, maybe only one of you gets it. Like, is there a way around that? You know, that one, I don't know. I, I, I don't have an answer to that, but I would say if you did that and you had a running buddy, um, it would be the kind of thing where you'd, you'd, if you got in, you'd want to go. But if depending on how good of a running buddy you had, they should come and cheer you on because you, sure. can, you can get like um, uh, a CTA pass and they can like my brother used to come into town to cheer me on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he'd come awesome. into town and he'd just hop the train. He'd go all the way down to the south side knowing where I was going to be and then come all the way up, you know, to the finish line knowing where I was going to be like it's it's a really fun weekend and a fun race to participate in, even if you're not a runner. Well, you sold me on it. My wife and I were looking for a good race to do after uh, her first full marathon is going to be in April, the Rock and Roll um, Nashville Marathon. Oh, that's I've heard great things about that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited because you know, music capital of America or, or the world or however they say that, and you know, there's going to be all these bands across the the, yeah. the course, and we love music. That's kind of what. How we bonded. Oh, that'll be an amazing there. one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Chicago's definitely one that we have our eyes on. Um, you know, the major ones, New York, Boston, but Boston, of course, you'd have to qualify. And I that's, know. Boston is the dream. That's <laughs> the dream right there. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> my goal. So, how many marathons have you done? I have done six Chicago's. Um, I did the LA Marathon, I did the um, St. George Marathon in Utah. Um, I did the Starved Rock Marathon in downstate Illinois, and I did the Miami Marathon. Wow. So you're, you're a pro. I mean, you've done like 10 marathons. I say I've done about 10 marathons. That's all. Do you have goals to do more or are you pretty much like, you know what? Eh, I had pre-COVID, I have a list. I have a hit list of marathons I'd like to do. One I would like to do is the Marine Corps Marathon, but they, everything stopped. Do you right. know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like it's going to be hard to get into the marathons I wanted to do heading out of COVID when things finally open up again, because I feel like everyone's going to be wanting them. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. But I want to do Marine Corps. I want to do New York. I want to do London. Um, and I'd love to do Boston, but Boston, I would like to qualify and I'm right. I'm, I'm not there. <laughs> well, that makes uh, two of us. So, and this is a, a marathon training podcast for beginners. So I'm sure most people listening are. I say, are I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm not even close. <laughs> same. It's 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 really daunting to think about. Like that's like the top, like one percent of runners. You know, yeah, who can qualify for that. But but let's talk about that because you know I like to use the analogy of. Um, I guess we could use your your tennis analogy, or we could use a golf analogy. You know, you think about. Why do people golf lifelong? It's a hobby. You know, people go out, they golf, they play tennis, but you're never going to be Tiger Woods. You know, you're never going to be the best. So then, then when it comes to running, why do people feel like they have to be good at it? You know, they have to be fast. Like, where do you think this, this drive comes from? Or I guess this, this daunting aspect of running for people to always be running fast and improving their times. It's funny because I've been talking about that a lot lately, both on TikTok and on Instagram, because I feel like I feel like runners don't judge each other on their times. Like if you told me your time, I would not judge you. Right. But I feel like we judge ourselves on our times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm way too hard on myself if, you know, I go this pace on a 5K or if I miss my target on a marathon by, you know, however many minutes. Like no one cares about those minutes except me. Sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as far as times go, I still don't run with a watch. I don't run with a tracker. Really? Um, yeah, I don't. I have a tracker. I've never found a tracker I like. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've been actually looking at, at, at garments, but they're so expensive. <laughs> um, yeah. So I know all the cool kids have garments and that's the only one I haven't had. But um, I don't. I like to run on how it feels for yeah. me. Um, the other thing I've been doing is running with apps lately. And I really like that because I feel like it helps me focus. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what, what are some apps that you've been using? I, I'm a huge fan of Garmin, by the way. I think, I think if you were to just make a two or $300 investment, you could get a really good one. But what apps are you using? I am, I've become literally like you would think they are sponsoring me and they, I have no affiliation with them, 
but I am obsessed with the Peloton app. Like oh, okay. I have it on my phone and I have it on my iPad Pro and I I lift with the Peloton app. Their strength training for runners is fantastic. Really? And then they have yeah, and they have I don't have the bike. I don't do bikes, you know right. what I mean? So yeah. people associate Peloton with the bike, the really expensive right. bike. It I I don't do that. But their app is everything else. It's yoga, it's meditation, it's all the things. But the thing I'm really loving right now is they have an outdoor running program. So it's kind of like, it's just audio. And the the trainer is playing music, whatever music, you know, that trainer likes. And like this one trainer, I think his name was Adrian Williams. That's the one I did most recently. You know, he's talking to you about your form, which never has happened to me before. Has someone said, is your chin up? Are your hips tucked? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, where are your shoulders? How are your arms swinging? It's like, you think about those things, but you don't think about them piece by piece as you're running. You know what I mean? Is, um, it, is it live or is this recorded? No, it's recorded. Okay. So you click like your distance or what? No, it's timed. So what I've been doing, um, because I will never be disciplined enough to do what you were doing on your live, which was interval training on a track on your own. Like yeah. I will never do that. But they have, I've been doing the interval training. So you'll run for three minutes at a certain pace. And by, by pace, they do a, a rate of perceived um, exertion. So it's like a, a scale of zero to 10. So my three isn't going to be your three. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So it's not a pace as in a minute per mile pace. It's how much energy you're exerting. So you start out at a three. And they, then you kick it up to like an, a seven or an eight for a minute. And then you back down for a minute. And then you kick it back up for a minute. Does that huh. make sense? Yeah, yeah. But they're not tracking that in any way. You're just kind of running at what you think a three is. Yes. It's gotcha. my perceived yeah. three. Exactly. And do you pay for this? Uh, yeah. This app is, I think, $12 a month. Okay. Um, but I had to quit my health club over... Um, COVID. And so, because sure. I couldn't do any of the things that I was doing at my health club. So I said, well, I can't keep this membership because it's just wasting money. So I yeah. quit, but I wanted to continue working out. And so I was exploring apps to figure out how I could do my weightlifting and, and the things that I like to do outside of running. And when I found the Peloton app, I saw the running stuff and I was like, hold up, what's that? You know? <laughs> so that's awesome. They have a two month free subscription. And then if you like it, you can sign up. But I signed up because I loved it. Well, I'll have to give that a shot because I think uh, strength training is so important. And and my ears perked up when you said that there's a good strength training program for runners. I I love the strength training for runners. I do it three days a week. That's awesome. And I think that's something we've we've tried to really talk a lot about. And we've talked to a lot of um, physical therapists because I think that's an area that a lot of, especially beginner runners, they get caught up in the weekly, the monthly miles, but, but not so much the strength training. And that's just simply, I, I want to say inexperience because I was the exact same way. And I'm just now learning the importance of strength training. I, I, I would say strength training and stretching. Like sure. I, I, I've incorporated both in the past couple of years, whereas before I would just run. Like I yeah. wouldn't do the other things. But I feel like my running has gotten not better, but stronger. You know what I mean? Right. Like better's a, a word that you know, is a judgy word, but stronger is a word that where, you know, I feel good about it. It probably feels effortless, right? Or maybe less effort exerted for the same, you know, time probably that you were getting. Yeah. It's just, it's nice to feel strong. Right. I get that. That's awesome. So, all right. So you do a bunch of marathons. Do you do any other distances? I, it's funny before the pandemic, a year before all of this started, like 2019, I had, I had started, I, it's like, I went back to the start. I went back to doing five K's and 10 K's, which I hadn't done those since I did marathons. At that point I was only doing the longer distances and I thought, Oh, I'm not going to waste my time on a five K. That's what I thought in my head. I'm not going to waste my time. But what I realized when I went back to those shorter distances is it makes you a stronger runner because you're going to run at a different pace. Like, it's like I could break out of the I was almost in a rut because I was like, this is the pace I run. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But, but going back to a 5K, it, it really felt nice to just be like, well, this is only three miles. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, can do this. Yeah. I can come out of the gate fast. And if I come out too fast, it's, 
I don't have 23 more miles to go, you know? (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, I've been, I had been doing five and 10 Ks and I really enjoyed them. Gotcha. And, and, and you do the half marathon as well? Yeah. I I think that's my favorite distance because even if you feel like you're going to die, you don't have to do it again. So, um, I'm starting to hear that from a lot of runners that they do marathons and then they kind of shift back to the half marathon and, and find a lot of enjoyment in oh, it. Oh, yeah, my last marathon was the Miami marathon and no disrespect to the folks in Miami that it's a well-run Miami's a beautiful city. Like my best friend lives there. I, I thought I was going to die. It was one of the worst marathons I've ever run. And it was simply because I trained cold and ran hot. Oh yeah. And what that means is, is I trained in the weather in Chicago that year, because it was like two years ago now, was under 20 degrees for all my long runs. I wow. ran super cold long runs. Yeah. And I went down to Miami in January and it was like 85 degrees Ooh. at the start yeah, and 100% humidity. Yeah, <laughs> And I don't know anyone who can muster up a good run out of those conditions. You know what I mean? Right. It was like, I'm going to die. <laughs> this is that terrible. That sounds miserable. It that was sounds- terrible. That sounds, oh, I, yeah, I'm with you. I'd way rather run in the cold than in the hot. In the I heat. agree 100%. And then to train that way and then have to, yeah. And it, yeah, it my body was not ready. That's, well, you're, you're an inspiration. And I think anyone who looks at your social media and they see your fun running pictures and, and they just kind of stumble upon your page, I think you, you just have a presence of positivity And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about motivation and where that comes from, because a lot of people ask, Hey, how do I stay motivated? You know, we run a Facebook page or a Facebook group rather called marathon training for beginners, uh, comma full and a half. So it's basically anybody looking to train for a marathon or a half marathon and they're at the beginning stages. But one of the questions that gets asked a lot is that question, you know, how do I stay motivated? So what advice do you have for those people? Um, I just, I don't allow myself to not show up for myself. I don't know if that makes sense, but what I'm saying is, is that everybody's busy and everybody has a lot of demands on themselves. And I just, I know when I can get that run in and it's first thing in the morning and I, it matters. You know what I mean? Let it matter to you. Like I care about it. You know what I mean? I, I, um, I don't ever put anything before that run. Okay. Um, cause if I start bailing on it, that makes it okay. And I know I'll keep doing that. Right. Um, so I just, it's just, that's a, I call it a non-negotiable. Like those run days are non-negotiables. That run's going to happen. I don't know if that's a stubbornness or what it is, but I feel better about myself if I can get a run in. And for you, is it, is it just the way that you look? Is it the way that, you know, uh, it makes you feel, or is it just kind of every aspect of your life? I, I, it's, it's got nothing to do with look. It's got to do with how I feel about myself. I feel better about myself. No matter what happens in the day, if I got that run in, I feel good. Yeah. It's also, I feel like, um, it kind of dictates your day. Like I know I'm going to get a good night's sleep. Like I want, I want to get a good night's sleep. If I get my run in or get my, you know, cause I run, I, I don't run every day. Like I run tomorrow's a run day, Thursday's a weights day, Friday's a run day. You know what I mean? Like I I space it out like that. But if I know I'm going to run, I know I'm going to go to bed at a certain time and I know I'm going to get up at a certain time. And it's just, it kind of like patterns out your day for success. Does that make sense? And not everybody's a morning runner. Like for some people that run's going to fall after work in the afternoon. When I traded stocks, that run fell in the afternoon, but it, it just comes down to you know, find that moment in your day where it's going to work for you and then stick to it like glue. Sure. Well, I think those are some good final words. Stick to your run like glue. Exactly. I I appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. You're an amazing storyteller and I I can't wait for everybody to hear this and to follow you on social media. We all have a lot to learn from you, a lot to uh, gain from your presence. And I really, really appreciate you coming on. Well, that is very kind of you. Thanks for having me. Well, we hope you guys loved that interview with Cynthia. She's so much fun. Yeah, she's amazing. We love Cynthia. Cynthia, huge shout out to you. And uh, we can't wait for this episode to come out and for everybody to hear it. All right, guys, time for the giveaway. And the sponsor of this week's giveaway is Knox Gear. Woo! So the code word this week is going to be Knox, N-O-X. 
You know what to do. Send it to us on Instagram or go to our website, crummymarathoners.com, and send us an email through our website with that code word, Knox. All right, so in case you guys don't know what Knox gear is, they've got the Tracer 360, which is that super cool, I'm sure you've seen it all over the internet, it's that super cool uh, neon light vest that you wear at night when you go run, um, and it, it flashes cool different disco colors, super awesome. I've wanted one for a really long time, and uh, Knox Gear was nice enough to send us one for Mo and I to share and, and to try out, and then of course one for one lucky listener. So... Guys, the size is uh, medium slash large. We figured that was kind of the the most universal size we could find when we looked at all the different sizing. So um, just be prepared that the one we're going to be shipping you, if you win the the giveaway, is going to be a medium to large uh, size. But it it seems to be unisex and it's adjustable. So we hope Mm -hmm. you love it. But guys, this is such a cool piece of equipment. We think if you win it, you're you're just super lucky because uh, every runner should have one of these and should be running in the dark with a Tracer 360. Mm-hmm. So you guys know what to do. The cutoff will be midnight on the 28th. So this is perfect. So the last day of February, midnight Pacific Standard Time, that'll be the cutoff to enter this contest. So don't wait. Send us the note, and we'll enter you into the contest. Good luck. Thanks again, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.